0: Right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Failure TV. I'm your host, Cray Mitchell. My next guest is a New York Times bestselling true crime author, and I am very pleased to welcome Catherine Pellinero. Catherine, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Cray. It's a pleasure.
0: Yes, and uh, we were just talking about uh, holiday seasons and everything. It was glad to hear that you had a good holiday season. Um, why don't you tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing?
1: Sure. Uh, As Craig said, my name is Catherine Palanaro, and I am a true crime author. My first book uh, was titled Kitty Genovese, A True Account of a Public Murder and Its Private Consequences. And um, if you have any true crime fans out there, they were more than likely familiar with the Kitty Genovese case. It was a very high-profile, notorious murder that happened in 1964. And that book was released in 2014, became a New York Times bestseller. That was actually my first book. And my latest book is called Absolute Madness, A True Story of a Serial Killer, uh, Race and a City Divided. And that came out in November of 2017. And that was actually just recently optioned for film. Awesome.
0: awesome. That's yeah, great news. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. I'm uh, uh, actually a collector of um, or, um, first editions of books turned into movies that, that uh, I enjoy. Uh, so I've uh, got a lot of uh, fun things uh my 1930 Scarface first edition is oh, probably wow. one of my favorites.
1: Oh, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Excited. I also have
0: a Truman Capote uh, in Cold Blood. First edition?
1: Yeah. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. I love that movie, too, with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, it was so oh, good, wasn't it? Yes, it uh,
0: so it sad was. about him.
1: <laughs> I know. I know.
0: Anyway, you, you've been uh, an author for, for a while now. Um, obviously, getting into being an author is not a, a, an easy task, You've probably faced many roadblocks uh, along the way. Um, why don't we start out, how, how would you define failure um, yourself? Um, h- how do you define failure yourself um, to you? Oh, wow. You know,
1: the, failure is, a, it's one of those loaded words you know, it can mean it so many different things. And it's usually, I mean, obviously it has a, a negative connotation. It means for one reason or another, something didn't go as planned or as one would hope it went. Um, you know, and then there are all the cliches about turning it into an opportunity or, um, but, you know, cliches, they're around for a reason because there's some truth in them. And um, it's very interesting. I'll uh, can tell you briefly about, uh, I started out as a playwright. And I wrote comedies mainly. Really, so writing *Through Prime* was a big switch for me. And when I undertook to write *Kitty Genovese*, I had never written a book before. And writing for the theater, you know, scripts and screenplays, stage plays—entirely different, completely different animal from writing from writing a book. So I was really starting from ground zero, even though I had—I was already a published and produced playwright, you know. Be, for all intents and purposes i'm starting from ground zero and i went and i got books how to write nonfiction, how to write true crime and uh of course having no track record in the business um kitty genovese i can't tell you how many publishers rejected it you know really? at first yes yes exactly well i had no track record as a non-fiction author i was a playwright the two really don't uh, you know, translate uh, terribly well as far as fan bases or publishers. And um, and I actually managed to, this, this is a failure in a learning lesson. I signed with an agent. There was an agent who actually heard about my book. A, a colleague of mine had given an interview and mentioned this, that I was writing this book. And I signed with her against my gut instinct, against my better judgment, because my thinking was, well, you know, I'll have the agent. And I didn't know anything about literary agents at the time. They're very different from theatrical agents. So I just figured, okay, well, that I'll get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely the wrong agent for me. So long story short, she submits it to all these different publishers. So she says, um, and it keeps getting rejected and, you know, a few months go by. And finally she has this phone call with me and it tells me that, uh, you know, this isn't going to work because I don't have time to teach you how to write. And maybe you should take a writing course at a university. And I mean, and this came just completely out of the blue. I mean, this is someone who sought me out. It was so enthusiastic. And, you know, she loved my sample chapter of the book. And I, so it was crazy. So about a week later, uh, there was a, a friend of my uh, a friend that was over and who also happens to be a writer, really an acquaintance, but he's a sports writer. And I mentioned to him this experience I had with his agent. I said, you know, can you believe that she said that to me? So the following Monday, I get an email from um, this acquaintance of mine, the the sports writer, and he said, you know, I'm writing a book right now. I'm with Skyhorse Publishing, and I was telling my editor about your project, and she was very interested. Can you send her your proposal? Because nonfiction books are done with proposals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did, and long story short, uh, with in less than two weeks of that agent telling me I couldn't write, I had the book sold myself.
0: That's and, how it's done.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I attribute that as, you know, I wanted that so badly. And I believed in the story. This was a story that I absolutely had to tell. And I think that's what really propels us. And as far as making the mistakes and having failures, it comes with the territory. And certainly not with writing, I mean, with anything in life. The that's, point is, you know, you have to be strategic, you know, look at your goal and educate yourself. As I said, I read how to books. I read scores and scores of true crime books to, to learn. And uh, and I wasn't put off by the rejections. Well, as a writer, I mean, that's that's sort of par for the course anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but but, yeah, so that's sort of how I got here. And so I certainly did not start out as a, as a book writer and you know, came from a, a genre that's about as different as different could be. But then I, so I sort of, I tell people I sort of fell into true crime writing and found that I I really love it. And what I love about it is the process, the research. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's, I find it very, very stimulating. So
0: I can totally understand Mm -hmm. that. Um, I honestly was never a fan of history growing up as a kid. The only thing that ever really caught me was Pompeii, like the Mm -hmm. the history Ah, of everything getting covered in ash and everyone frozen in time. Like that always stuck with me, but never really interested. But as I grew older, all all the historical stuff started making more sense and actually making me want to do research into stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing uh, a bunch of, historical research on magicians right now and, and magic stuff. So it's uh, quite interesting seeing all this historical stuff. So it's it, sure. it's <laughs> totally along those same lines. Um, it, it's really interesting to know that you were a, a playwright beforehand. W- what kind of uh-huh. made you want to make that switch? Like, was it was there something in life or what, what kind of happened? Like,
1: you know, no. And it really wasn't a conscious switch. I never sat down and said, okay, now I'm going to write True Crime. What happened was... I was so grabbed by this story, the story of, of Kitty Genovese. And if you're going back a few years, at the before I wrote the book, there was very little information out there other than sort of the iconic uh, New York Times news story that came out yeah. at the time. And, you know, that one, the one that went, it sort of went viral 1960 style. There was really no information about Kitty Genovese as a person or about Winston Mosley, the man who killed her. And I wanted to find out more. So the more I found out, and then I found out that there was a part of the story that most people didn't know, that uh, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and my father was actually a police officer there for 34 years. Oh, wow. In a way it's natural that I became a true crime writer. Yeah. But uh, Winston (laughs) Mosley murdered Kitty Genovese in 1964, was uh, first sentenced to death, and then that was overturned and commuted to life in prison. He was serving a sentence at Attica when he escaped in March of 1968 in Buffalo and and from a hospital in my hometown and went on a rampage there for three days so there was that part of the story but anyway the point is i was so grabbed by the story and I, I actually spent a total of seven years on that book because wow. well, there was good. such a, a learning curve there too um but i think my my thought was i think i might have even have told some of my colleagues at the time you know i just have to write this book and then I'm, I'm going back to comedies and stage and plays. I mean, I, I had no intention of, of becoming a nonfiction writer or a true crime writer, but as I said, it just kind of happened.
0: <laughs> you, you never know where, where life's gonna take you sometimes. Um, right. uh, I right. can't right. tell you how many times right. I've made plans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's important to try new things, you know, but, but that, and that especially, if something's really driving you, if something really grabs you, that's a good indication. You know, if your gut is telling you, Oh, I, I need to do this, or I need to tell this story. Um, that's a good, good thing to follow.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm a big advocate for, for following your dreams. Um, there's a t-shirt brand called, um, called Johnny cupcakes and his slogan is do more of what makes you happy. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And <laughs> I, I try and do that uh, more in my, my day-to-day life too. And I think, the fact that you were able to find that in totally an off kind of way that mm-hmm. you didn't even plan like that. That's, that's so amazing. And even cooler that your dad was a police officer for so many years. Did, did you have any interest when you were younger in, in true crime, like movies or TV or, or books or anything back then?
1: You know, I remember reading a number of true crime books, you know, when I was younger. Um, but I enjoyed reading them because I thought there were some interesting stories out there. But I never had a thought that, oh, I'm going to write this myself. You know, I never had any interest in crime writing or being a reporter. Really, for me, it was all about theater. Yeah. And you know, I lo- absolutely loved being a scriptwriter. And I miss it because I do want to write some more scripts. I wrote a short script um, a couple months ago just to just because, because I wanted to. You know, so I, I loved, I, it's not that I didn't like theater, or I didn't like script writing anymore. But as I said, I just kind of fell into this and yeah. just mm-hmm. found like, oh, my gosh, this is just, this is just my thing. It was sort of my calling. Right.
0: So That's what got, so got so you into thought. theater writing to, to begin with? Like, what got you into script yeah. writing originally? Was that something that you wanted to do uh, when you were younger and, and went into or how did you get into uh, that?
1: And my parents were very big readers and we loved going to garage sales and swap meets where you can get the, you know, the inexpensive books. And a neighbor, next door neighbor of ours had a a garage sale. And my parents picked up a book of the collected works of William Shakespeare, which I have to this day. Wow. And I started reading that and I'm thinking I was maybe 10, something like that. I was very young.
0: That's an early age story.
1: You know, I'm the oldest of five. I guess I was just one of those precocious kids or whatever. But anyway, I was just fascinated with theater. And then I, at school, we had, um, it was a book of the uh, musicals, Oklahoma, you know, the mm-hmm. scripts for the musicals, Oklahoma and Carousel. And I read those. And that's when I decided, oh, I'm I'm going to be a, a playwright. And I think, I'm, really, I think I was in sixth grade. I've always been a writer, I've been writing since I I could hold a pen or type, but that's what got me into theater. Too, the collected works of
0: Shakespeare. Wow. So how old were you, wow. when, you when you wrote your first uh, script? That oh, actually oh, boy. turned into Very something. Very young. Eighth yeah. grade.
1: Yeah. Really? Although I wrote, I must say I wrote a novel in seventh grade. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> I wrote yes. a short story in seventh grade, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I always uh I always sort of had that determination. Um, and, of course, as you can imagine, my, my musical, which was called Showtime, that was my first script <laughs> in eighth grade, and the, the novel before that, which I think was called The Best School Year Ever, uh, I mean, they're you know, obviously silly things that I would never bring out, but, you know, I always encourage kids, you know, if they have that, uh, that desire to write, go ahead and write your novel, because, believe it or not, that was great practice for me. You know, and the more you write, it's like anything else. You know, the practice, you know, the better, the better you get.
0: Absolutely, um, right. I
1: think. i be afraid to fail.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and and that's uh, one of I think the the biggest things that uh, people struggle with is, is overcoming that fear of of the failure. Um, I right. think you probably got over that quite early <laughs> if uh, you were writing a, a novel in seventh grade.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. All of us, not to get too philosophical, but all of us in one way or another were held back by fear of something. Um, But by fear, not when it came to career things or writing. You know, I was always willing to put it out there and keep trying, you know, and keep learning. I think what's most important when it comes to uh, so-called failure or setbacks is to take something from it. You know, when I would get a rejection or, or you know, later on, I would have a, a play reading or rehearsal, things weren't going well. I, I, I try to pay attention and learn from it. It's like, why did this fail? You know, why did this go wrong? Um, so that you know, perfect experience, perfect example of, of failure as a, as a great experience. You know, live and learn.
0: Yeah, I feel
1: like <laughs> my, my uh, newest book, Absolute Madness, which is my, my second book, I feel it's far superior to Kitty Genovese in the sense of the the, the structure, uh, just because I learned so much the first time,
0: so. Absolutely. Uh, Are you working on any uh, new books as well right now?
1: Yes, I'm actually working on two.
0: Oh, wow. uh,
1: Yes, and one is nonfiction and one is fiction. I'm actually going to try some crime fiction and uh, I started writing this story that just kind of grabbed me right before Christmas and, and I'm just gonna go with it and see see where that goes. And the other is a uh, new, new true crime book called More Than Murder, and it's a collection of stories and cases that I've come across that I thought were very, they were really compelling and intriguing, but I didn't think they merited a full book treatment. But they were certainly worth telling, even in a shortened form. Yeah. So that's the next true crime project, and you know, between that and the and the crime novel, yeah.
0: I, I really love the idea of that because, like you said, there, there's a lot of stories out there that, you know, you could, probably wouldn't even be able to get published as, as a full book because you'd have to fill right. it with so much filler. But, sure. you know, some of the some of the best books ever written were short story books and have a bunch of short stories in them. But I don't recall – I've read a lot of true crime. I don't recall reading any compilation-style books. So that's – Yeah, well, there are some. Admiral
1: that. did some. Enrule did uh, a series called uh, Enrule's Crime Files, I think, uh, and it was sort of a it was sort of a, along the same line, sort of a collection of cases that she had come across, and she would write a, a, about a chapter on each. So mine would be a little bit longer than that, but uh, that's a, a similar idea. But they're cases, they're really unusual murder cases that that just grabbed me.
0: Yeah, those are. Uh, I think those could be very interesting as well, and uh, I like what you said about. Um, like overcoming setbacks and stuff and and keeping at it and keeping up practice. Um, One thing that I love that people can just go out and search on YouTube now is people putting up um, like time lapses of things like becoming an artist and some of their early drawings and then redrawing the same drawing over like the period of three years mm-hmm. and seeing that progression. And mm-hmm. I think more people would feel a lot better about themselves and be more more willing to put themselves out there for stuff like that if they watched more stuff like that to see that everybody runs into these situations. And it, it's it's not something that you know that's gonna destroy them for life. Like everybody's gonna run into a so-called failure. Have you come across anything or have you experienced that you would consider a significant failure um, over the years? And how did you overcome Uh, that?
1: uh, You mean career-wise? Yes. Hmm, I'm trying to think. The only things that, really the things that I think of as my biggest failures career-wise is I sometimes I beat myself up and think, you know, I really wish I had written more. I wish I had been more disciplined when I was in my 20s. And instead I was going out with friends and doing this and that. And, you know, I think, well, I could have had much more of a body of work. Uh, But, you know, uh, the underlying thing there is um, if people were to ask me, what is the single most important quality for a writer to be successful? I would say self-discipline. Uh, because it really is important and of course, that's something that came to me with, with maturity and after I became a mother, especially because you really got to be disciplined when you have kids. But as far as big career failures, um, you know, I wish I had a better answer for you. I mean, i certainly have plenty of rejections, but I guess I never... From the time I was a kid, I always saw rejection as part of the business. So. Yeah, I mean, there's never been a time when I felt like, oh, this is just going to crush me. You know, just, you know, to be honest, I sort of That's take hard. it a try. I, I kind of never expected it to be easy, I guess.
0: <laughs> Good attitude to, to go into it with. Like, uh, I, I always go into things, you know, um, you know, you prepare for the best, but expect the worst. Because then, right. you know, whatever happens, it, it, it's it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. is, is there anything that, that you do? Um, to get yourself motivated, like when you've got to write something. Cause you know, we all come over the procrastination days, the days that, you know, the bed is just so comfy. And mm-hmm. what kind of stuff do you do to make sure that you, you keep going on those days? What, what keeps you going on those days?
1: Oh, I have a couple tricks for that. One thing I found is that any sort of, um, I have to do something physical to get my mind going. And it's gotta be something repetitive. Um, like sometimes I will, any sort of activity, like I'll walk, I like, I like to do like aerobics sometimes in my bedroom, like dancing. I use the term dancing loosely, but
0: exercise. <laughs> Me too. Um, and
1: also things like, and believe it or not, housework, um, something like cleaning windows, you know, and, and nice little house in California, lots of windows here. Yeah. But believe it or not, anything like that, you know, you're washing a window. It's not very, it doesn't take much mental exertion because I don't have to concentrate on what I'm doing physically it lets my mind wander, my imagination starts going. And it sounds silly, but it's really true. Anything you're gonna do that's sort of um, repetitive and dull, doesn't take your lot of mental you know, focus on it, your mind is going to get bored and it's gonna go off in different directions. So that's when I do a lot of my best writing. And of course the physicality of it, I think that's much more stimulating than if you were say sitting in a chair. So that's why, that's like one of my big go-tos, whether it be taking a walk, washing windows, uh, you know, anything that's sort of repetitive. The worst thing is for me to just sit there and think. I can't just, okay, I'm going to come up with an idea. That does not work for me. It's got to be page. Gotta in motion. And if, body, if you keep your body in motion, I found that it, it it triggers your mind, too. The mind will also stay in motion. Uh, the other thing that I do, to make myself work. And I think, and this is brilliant. A friend of mine who is an attorney told me this one. Uh, when I was working on absolute madness, I was so overwhelmed by it because it turned out the book was once I really got more into the research, it was going to be far longer, a bigger project than I had originally pitched and thought. And, you know, just the thought of, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. So he told me, well, this is what you do. He says, sit down and tell yourself that you're going to work for 10 minutes. And I said, well, you know, I need to work for longer than 10 minutes. He says, do it for 10 minutes. And of course we have the nice little clock at the bottom of the computer screen. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I use that trick on myself, he said, you know, if I have a, a legal brief to write or something, I don't want to do. He said, so tell you, you know, look at the clock, say, okay, it's 7:21 Now I'm going to work till 7:31. He says, it's easier for you to take. Then, you know, okay. Oh, 10 minutes. I get a break. I only have to do 10 minutes. He yeah. says, and more <laughs> often than not, you'll work longer. You know, you'll, uh, you'll over, believe it or not. It works. Works for me every time, you know. I, I mean, it's really amazing, and That's I did really that. Cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I started that. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be ten minutes. There's just something about when you know you're getting a reward in ten minutes. You're giving yourself a little break, and sometimes saying, okay, I'm only working for ten minutes, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a diet coke, you know, or something like that. You know, knowing you have sort of that little treat, and sure enough, and ten minutes would turn into twenty minutes because then you get yourself in the mode. So. Believe her, and all those little uh, psychological tricks we can play with ourselves—you know—to get us motivated. And those are two of my favorites; they really work.
0: I, I really like those actually. I, I I've never heard of the 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 10 minute one before and i think that's a a great possible solution for for many people and in that situation um i've (laughs) i've run into that uh, more times than i can count too but you're right like as as soon as you get into it and you get going and you start getting on the roll then you just really don't want to stop and of course that can be a bit of a problem too when you just can't stop and you <laughs> end up, you, you know, well, I'm going to do an hour or two of work here. And then six hours later, it's just like, well, that's, that's just not going to happen now. And <laughs> just trying to get it to the, trying to get it to that perfect point before you leave it. And there, mm-hmm, there's just, there's no point there. the what what are your thoughts on striving for perfection when when you're trying to do something? Like when when you're writing for a book, when are you going for perfect or are you going for, this is what I want to do and I'm making it as solid as possible. The like, how do you deal with the, the end game or sorry, not the end game, the end goal. How do you get it to stop before you go into the tweaking all the little things and trying to make it perfect all the time. Uh, I've run into that as a graphic designer, and web designer. You always, it could be finished, but you go, how do you right, keep yourself right. from going into into those little? Got it. It's got to be perfect.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I don't strive for perfection. I strive for excellence, and that's something that I that I tell my boys. You know, never mind perfection. That's uh, striving for so called perfection is almost an excuse to not do your work because there's no such thing as perfection. So that's why I never start out with that mindset. You know, but I'm you going for God. excellence. And what I do is. Um, I've heard other writers say, you know, you have to give yourself permission to fail, so to speak. You know, permission, give yourself permission to write something bad. You just got to get something out on the page. Uh, generally, and by the way, there is no right or wrong way when it comes to writing. As far as, you know, some people do format, some people start writing, some people write a chapter in the middle. Uh, whatever works is really the right way. What I do is at first I, I use my trick where I'm doing something physical. So I'm getting myself, my mind working. And then I will typically have like a, a big pad and I will do bullet points. This is what has to happen in this chapter. So, and I'll start writing that. Uh, now, generally I do, my first drafts are pretty solid because I spend a lot of time on the first draft
0: yeah.
1: and I have, to be perfectly honest, I have done that to myself where I will sit for, a, a, you know, two three hours on one paragraph. I mean, that has happened to me and it very frustrating. But then once I get it, you know, then I'm off to the races. So and of course, what should be said is that you do have to resist that temptation to you, know, you can be fiddling with your work forever. So you do have to uh, one thing that's really nice about having a publisher is that you have deadlines and, you know, see, your editor says, OK, I need to buy this time, and, you know, you've got to produce, and you're, you know, you're beholden to someone, so that, that really helps, um, and, but as far as the, you know, the excellence, I have a couple of uh, trusted readers, you know, people who, who read my work, and then I'm, um, i I think I've, I've reached the point, too, where I'm very honest with myself about a piece, of, about my work, um, you know, I know if it's working, and if it's not, and um, as far as it's, and I think that comes from confidence and experience too. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I trust, I trust my readers, you know, the couple of, of un-picked people who I have mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's a matter of trusting yourself too and not overdoing it, you know, because it's not about, I tell myself, I'm, this is, I'm writing this for other people to share with other people. This is not about my ego where it's got to be, you know, oh, the greatest-
0: good way to think of it.
1: Yeah. It's got to be, you know, is it an interesting story? Am I giving them the facts? Am I still staying true? Is this, does it flow? Those are the things I asked myself.
0: That's awesome. Um, I've, you know, not, I've done a
1: documentary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've written a, a documentary and a short film and I, I, I ran into some, kind of the, the same kind of thing where, uh, especially with that first one, um, I, I, I really wish I had gotten some kind of funding or broadcast rights or, or something like that to give me that deadline because mm-hmm. I definitely spent way more time than I should have in some areas because I I didn't realize that, you know, I, I couldn't make it perfect. You know, it, it, right. it was perfect in my mind uh, it, how I wanted it. But, you know, once you go over it a couple of times and then, right you scrap that entire thing i'm i'm sure you've done that where you spend all those hours oh, on that yeah. paragraph or two and scrap it
1: oh absolutely yes and i should mention too that in times past i've certainly done that you know had had a piece of work that i'm fiddling with it forever but uh, but it, it's another one of those things with experience you know i would just realize okay this isn't working for whatever reason i'm going to put it aside and some things i would go back to some things i wouldn't yeah. so it's just sort of that Keeping myself in motion and also not wrapping myself up, um, trying not to wrap myself up in just one thing. Um, you know, I have two books going now. That doesn't mean that I, I typically write multiple books. But even when I'm working, when I'm in the midst of a big project like Kitty Genovese or Absolute Madness, I will be jotting down ideas for other things.
0: So, All right. I have uh, a couple of files going <laughs> with, <laughs> with different things because come up with the idea. I'm going to save this in here. Yeah. For, for later. But and then sure. they just develop over time. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, have you have you ever used Evernote?
1: I haven't. No. No. Do you like it?
0: Uh, quite quite like it for, for doing stuff like that. Um, I definitely check it out. It's got a great browser extension that allows you, like, as you're browsing the web and you just come across something and you think about it, you can just... Really quickly, save it to your Evernote, give it some tags or put it in a okay. category and forget about it until later when that comes back to you. So, okay, it's so, something that I uh, recommend at least checking into.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. No, a lot of times I use my iPhone, the notes section of my iPhone. If, if yeah. something comes to me, oh, I type something in there. So,
0: it's that much better. Yeah, oh, no, notes works too. Um, even though I have Evernote on my phone, <laughs> sometimes you just bring up notes and, and you type something. in. so it's like you exactly. said earlier, whatever works, like everybody's right. going to have a, a different process. And I think that's right. also um, a, a very good thing to, that people should, should realize is just because this method works for this one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like, right. exactly. Fi- find your right. own it's, path.
1: Right. And trusting yourself too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, in in everything that uh, you've written, um, have you ever started something, like gotten part way through it and just put it put it aside and come back to it later to, to finish writing and and made that into something, or are you more get the get the whole thing done or scrap it?
1: I, there have been things that I put aside and then came back to, um, but and, and finished them. But that's rare. There have all been. There's also uh, dozens and dozens of things that I started. You know both plays or, or short stories or whatever, and just, you know, have them in a file folder in the cabinet that I just abandoned for whatever reason, you know, and maybe, oh, once in a blue moon, I'll go and look at that file and maybe I'll take something back or, but, you know, I hang on to them um, for a couple of reasons, you know, sort of, uh, I'm, a, I'm a saver. I'm one of those people who saves things, um, but it sort of, um, it lets me gauge like sort of how far I've come. You know, I'll compare something, you know, a play that I started writing five years ago, to you know something I've done more recently. And and uh, it, as you were saying on YouTube, the, the sort of the delayed action videos where you can you know see the progress of something. Yeah. I think that's yeah. important too. It's good to save those things. I'm glad that my mother saved my short stories and all the stuff I wrote when I was a kid, because you know, it, well, for one thing, it's you know, it's nice to look back on. What I really do consider that progress in my career as a writer. That was all practice, you know. Yeah. So,
0: stepping stones to, to take you further yes. in life.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Breaking things down into those little steps.
0: I, I had a friend who was a mu- uh, used to be a musician uh, years ago, and he once uh, told me I really liked one of these songs that he'd done. Like six years before and he's like, get rid of that. It's old stuff. I'm like, man, like, come on. Like that's like telling the Rolling Stones or the Beatles to throw out their first first albums because it was their early stuff. Don't listen to it. Like (laughs) you're you're an artist, like Mm -hmm. whether you're a writer or musician, like you are going to be your harshest critic every time. Like people will give you, people will give you awards and you're still going to think it's crap. (laughs) But (laughs) right. I think that just drives to, to make you do more and go on to the next thing and, and push that forward as well.
1: Right. Right, yes, I agree. I agree.
0: Got to have that starting point somewhere, right?
1: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yes. And there is something to um, you know one of the popular things that, that writers like to say, oh, you have to write every day. Now I don't. you know I, I never I've never been that person. But for some people, if it, as I said, if it works for them, but to me, you know, I'm more the kind of person who, when I am writing, I'll write a lot, you know, I'll write a great deal in a day and then I can put something aside and maybe not really write anything of substance for a couple of weeks. That's just me. Yeah. But, but, you know, as you can see, you know, I finished two books and, and Kitty Genevieve's and Absolute Madness are not short books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're both, you know, substantial hardcover books. So. Really, just going along with what you said, because I do think sometimes people, especially when they're starting out, they tend to get discouraged if they're not following the so-called rules. Well, you know, I didn't write every day or I didn't do an outline. Don't think that you have to. You know, I'm all in favor of giving those things a try. I mean, certainly listen, it's good to listen to people who are accomplished in, in whatever field that is and, you know, learn from their experience. But, you know, you have to pick and choose, you know, take what works for you and discard what doesn't.
0: I, I couldn't agree more with that and I think I've been telling people that my entire life <laughs> just some some people don't don't always listen to that it's just like no you, you, you gotta follow. it says that you got to do this so you got to do this I'm like yes you do in in some instances but you know look at it from another angle and see see where that gets you because as your your perfect example Looking at something a little bit differently and starting uh, something could lead to a whole new thing for you. So it's uh, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's something great. And you know what? That that's a perfect lead into to my last question for for somebody that's just getting started out, and you know, they've got an idea that they they might want to do, or but they're a little hesitant. You know, what what kind of advice would you give them if, if they came to you like, could could you mentor me? Tell tell me how to get started. What what would you suggest?
1: What I would suggest is sort of doing it the same way I did. You know, start from the ground up and read the how to books. If you want to write nonfiction, um, go and get yourself some books. Uh, you know, how to write a nonfiction book proposal. Uh, that's the most important: is to educate yourself. And I would think, and this is something I can share that gave me a great edge from the time I was a very very young writer and starting out. I always I was always striving for professionalism. And while there are no rules when it comes to creative process, there are definitely rules when it comes to the submission process, the publication process, production process. Um, Very early on, I worked in a theater in Buffalo, New York, and I was reading, was doing dramaturg work. I was reading some of the play scripts that were coming in. And of course, we had guidelines, you know, we're looking for this type of script, and it was just amazing the number of people who would send in something that was completely wrong. They obviously had not bothered reading our guidelines. Uh, they would send us scripts that had like a coffee stain on it, or it wasn't formatted properly, or and those things really were discarded pretty quickly. So that's my big thing. Be a professional. Don't send out things that look terrible. You know, do your homework, know what you're, you know, know the proper format. Uh, be a professional. You know, those are those are really crucial things. So that's what I would tell people. And also read a lot, especially in the genre that you want to write in. I mean, if you want to write mysteries, read a lot of mysteries and, and the whole gamut. Uh, when I I really learned how to write true crime by reading true crime, and I, I, I'll share this too, I did not just restrict myself to reading the classics uh, in Cold Blood and The Onion Field. I mean, I certainly read all of those books. But I also made a point of going to uh, our YMCA used to have used book sales and I would pick up uh true crime paperbacks from true crime stories that true crime books that no one had ever heard of
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I wanted to know why weren't these books successful? And I learned a lot. I learned the mistakes. So you can, that's another thing. Good thing to keep in mind. You can learn from someone's as much from someone's mistakes and failures as you can from uh, someone's successes. You know, and certainly I'm not going to mention any authors or titles, but it did become clear to me why, you know, why these books were very successful and sold well and they resonated with readers and why these others were just never went anywhere. And, you know,
0: and once
1: you learn that, then you can learn, Okay, oh, now I see. I see
0: that that is a really good piece of advice. And I think that. Will span across many different um, industries and not just writing. Like, look at the competition that was really well done, and what you know when you're looking at the top 100 lists, don't look at just the top 10. Look at the 99 and 100s and see what the difference is.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's like reading the one and two star reviews on Amazon. You know, it's going to a different perspective on something.
0: Absolutely. I'm. Um, I actually read. Um. I'll, I always look at the five star, the one star, and the three star because I want to know what that. <laughs> like, what's right. that middle ground for people? <laughs> and, but right. It, with reviews, you never
1: know. <laughs> well, that's true. That's
0: true. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, great chatting with you. And All for right. those of uh, you that uh, haven't read her books, uh, definitely. Uh, where where can they go to get them?
1: Ah, uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, they're at Amazon and bookstores all over the place. Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, you know, uh, Audible, iTunes. They're all over the place.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Anywhere uh, you find uh, good books.
1: Yes, uh, and they can certainly, you know, look on my website, which I'm redoing. You know, doing another website overhaul. Uh, this has been my project, teaching myself how to do that, and that's Catherine www. dot
0: Excellent. And uh, we'll put that in the uh, uh, link in the description as well for people. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Craig. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. And everybody listening at home and watching at home, you guys have a great night, uh, evening, and we'll see you again next month.